Ali for another Vaughan boundary. <laughs> well, he's a great fieldsman, Philip Tuffner. He often falls over and he's brought it into his batting as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vaughan Tuffers Cricket Club podcast brought to you by The Telegraph. Michael Vaughan, Phil Tufnell and me, Ben Wright, with you once again. And unfortunately, today we have to discuss the fact that England have suffered their first Test Series defeat under the stewardship of Stokes and McCullum after losing to India by five wickets in the fourth Test. However, despite going 3-1 down in the series with one game to go, there are plenty of positives to take from this English side. In particular, the emergence of some fresh faces in the likes of Shoaib Bashir and Tom Hartley. Nevertheless, the Telegraph's very own Sir Geoffrey Boycott believes England could have won the series if they had approached it a little differently, and there are plenty of others who agree with him. We'll try to decide whether the England Cup is half empty or half full. I'm delighted to say our guest today is the former England steamer Ryan Sidebottom. We'll be getting his thoughts on the series and his assessment of the England side. We'll also be asking him about the distinct lack of left-arm seamers in the current setup. Right, morning, Mike. Morning, Phil. How are you both? Yeah, good. Good. Morning. Morning. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Interesting week once again. No surprise. England play cricket. It's uh, it's always uh, a week where, you know, whatever happens, you know there's going to be talking points. And once again, uh, there's been plenty of talking points. Plenty of talking points. Now, I want to, obviously, series has now gone. India's won 3-1. One more test to go. Um, just in my own mind, I was trying to think about what England have done, what they've achieved. Uh, and I've got a question for the two of you. So if you've got um, both of the teams or all of the players that have played for both teams and you were to pick a first 11 from it, how many of the England boys would get into it? Oh. Mike, you first. Oh, that's a, that's a good uh, question. Oh. Um, oh, that's yeah. a really good. So after four test matches, we're picking a combined <laughs> team. Yeah, well, you've got to go at the top of the order, uh, uh, well. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, is it is it Rohit Sharma or Zach Zach Crawley or Rohit Sharma? Rohit's got that hundred. Yeah. So that's that that'd be a that'd be a, an argument at selection, I think Crawley or Rohit. Yeah. So that's uh, one question mark. So maybe Crawley. Opening, yeah, number three consistently over yeah. the last three games. I mean, Oli Pope's got a magnificent one ninety six, but I'm going Shubman Girl at three. Uh, number four, Joe Root, yeah. that's an easy one. Yeah. Uh, number five, you're probably going to go Jadeja, yeah, with the way that he's played. Uh, but he'd probably bat at six. Ben Stokes, does he get in as captain at six? Probably, probably just yeah. sneak Ben Stokes in as captain. Uh, it could do with a few runs, but his captaincy has been magnificent. Jarrell would be the keeper. Uh, you've got to put you've got you've got to put Ashwin in there because of his all round quality, and obviously with his five wickets in the last inning, so that's number eight. Bumrah gets in there, number nine. Uh, you've got to say Tommy Hartley gets in. Yeah, Tommy Hartley twenty wickets. Um, oh, and possibly Jimmy Anderson eleven. Yeah, so you're 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 playing you're playing two two fast bowlers. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about right on these wickets. What about you, Phil? Yeah, with Cool Deep. Cool Deep. Oh, Cool Deep. Yeah, Cool Deep. Cool Deep 12 bad. Cool yeah. Deep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm having cool deep. Sorry, yeah, I'm having cool deep for who? Cool deep for Hartley or cool deep for Jimmy? Oh, oh, oh. Well, in the team, I, I don't want to. Tom Hartley's been great because he's got 20 wickets, but I'm having Jadeja over Hartley. So there's my left arm spinner. I'm getting cool deep. Cool deep for Hartley. Yeah, yeah. He was the main reason in this Test match that they won it. Yeah, and he was brought on the ball so late in the day. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. I mean, the the, the, the spinners were. I loved watching this test match. I think England were unlucky in this test match. I really do. That's just the way that the test match cricket's played in India sometimes. As you say, sometimes you sit there and go, oh, you should have done this, you should have done that, and what have you. But it was an enthralling test match. It really, really was. And at the end of the day, those three spinners who are both top quality, Ashwin, Kuldi, yeah. you know, Jadeja, they, they they came out on top. I've got no qualms about England sort of losing that last test match. I thought they were in it all the way. They fought hard. But sometimes, you know, sometimes that's just cricket for you. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and you come out on the wrong side of it. Obviously, there are little passages of play that they could have done a little bit better. But that's the same in every test match. But uh, When you say unlucky, which part of the test match? Because they won the toss and they batted first on a, on a wicket that it was a good toss to have won. No, so which part of the game do you think they've been unlucky? Yeah. Well, not necessarily unlucky. Okay, well, in the third innings, which we all know can be a tricky, a tricky innings, mm. can't it? You know what I mean? And when they asked, you know, and um, they got on a pitch that was doing a little bit, and they had three world class spinners who bowled them back into the game. That's what I'm saying. Not necessarily unlucky, just sort of, well, I'll say outplayed outplayed because yeah. of the quality in that spin bowling attack. They, they they managed to get themselves a score in the first innings. Okay, they perhaps should have you know bowled them out a little bit cheaper. You know, they allowed them to get a little bit closer, fair enough, but that happens. Some blokes comes off and smashes it all around the place and gets 90. And then in that third innings, um, you know, when, when it was, you know, down and dirty, the three spinners on a pitch that was a little bit tricky and only going to get trickier came to the party and that's 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 world class for you, isn't it? So I'm not going to say you know necessarily unlucky. I'm just going to say I'm going to say slightly outplayed. Well, I'm saying if I go back to the third test, where on that third day where Joe played that shot and England collapsed and they didn't get enough runs in that mm. first innings on the back of Ben Duckett being 130 odd not out going into day three, and we all felt right. that England should have got to yeah. that uh, 450 uh, India first innings score. Now that was just poor play and, and not great thinking. I, I think you're yeah. right, Phil. This week, I never thought that England weren't thinking correctly. I, I thought they actually tried to play the game. You look at Correct. Joe Root's innings in the first innings. He knuckled down and played properly, got 353 yeah. with a couple of nice contributions down the back end. That partnership between folks and Root the first afternoon was yeah. what we've been crying out for. And, and it gave England a chance to get yeah. to that score. Yeah. So I actually thought England this week played the game as well as they could ment mentally. And, and, and almost, they didn't, 
All right, there was a few iffy shots in the second innings, but you're going to get that when you're under pressure and those three spinners are, are ragging it square. And, you know, Johnny Bairstow shot the first ball. It's a poor one, you know, and Johnny's the, 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 the kind of player that I'd look at and go, wait a minute, Johnny, you're a bit, bit better than that. But ultimately, they were bowled out by uh, an outstanding spinner attack in, in decent conditions. And when they got the ball in hand, again, I look at tactical yeah. things. Could they have used Jimmy Anderson with the new ball to Rohit Sharma? Possibly they allowed him to get to 40 off those eight overs on the third evening to knock yeah. off, you know, one one ninety two. That's a big chunk quickly out of the equation for India. Uh, but to see them compete on that fourth day and to see Bashir uh, causing a bit of chaos with the Indian players at times um, yeah. was a really good sign for England in the future. So I think this week they played it as not they, they can always play better, but they played mentally and the situations a bit better than I'd seen on the previous week. They just came up against an India side that just know they know how to drag themselves back in a game and they know how to grab the game when they're on top. And they've done it to many teams uh, throughout the history of uh, playing Test match cricket in India. I mean, I think that's my my point about the combined side. We're talking maybe three England boys get into that side. Obviously, England uh, India have now won seventeen consecutive Test series at home. Um, there were plenty of people who were yeah. predicting it was going to be a five nil whitewash to India. So, in some ways. Should we be celebrating the fact that England gave themselves a chance in a lot of tests, even if they weren't able to convert them? Oh, it's like you've been taking the basball pills, Ben. It's like the, the ultra positivity of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You go, you go back to the last tour. Uh, England won the first test match. This was in COVID times, and then ended up losing the series three-one um, because they lost the last three games. Uh, they won the first game here. And if you go back to that first game, it, it's an absolutely remarkable victory to think that they were 190-odd behind in the first innings to win that game. That's one of the great uh, test match victories of all time across all countries, not just uh, England test matches. Um, but I think it's more the fact that they've been in every game and they've been in strong positions, particularly in yeah. obviously the, the last few weeks, and they've not capitalised. And they're up against an Indian side that are, are missing five key players. You know, so it's actually, yeah. you know, we've we've unearthed a couple of young players. It's great, but India have unearthed a, a keeper in Jarrell that looks a, oh, he, he's a player. Yassi Sweet Jaiswal well, again, he, he's a super player. So they've, yeah. they've unearthed a few players as well. But um, I guess the frustration is that when you see England after day two this week look like they're dominating the game and they don't go on to win the game, you know, it would have been two all with one to play. Who knows what could happen in the last test match if it's two all. Um, the frustration from from us watching and the England fans is it, they've been close, and they have been closer yeah. than than many other England sides that have been to India. So they do deserve a lot of credit for that. No, uh, uh, absolutely, and I'm sure, and I'm sure uh, it's going to be interesting for me whether they, when they get on that plane and on, on the way home, whether they're actually going to be thinking that. Actually, are they going to be sitting there thinking, "Oh, crikey, O'Reilly, we just missed out there." You know what I mean? We had an opportunity to there to nick it. You know what I mean? You know, with the people out, with the positions we got into, or are they just going to be yeah. sitting there tucking into their, you know, grub and having a few beers on the way home? You know, I hope that they are sitting there thinking to themselves, "Oh, crikey, O'Reilly, we did really well. We competed. We had chances to beat this team. What was it? The fir first time in seventeen? Did you say that? You know that." India, you know, they wouldn't have... Won. Well, this is the 17th consecutive series that they've won. Yeah, well, there you go. So, you know, I just hope that they're sitting there just taking that on board. They can sort of pat themselves on the back. I wouldn't necessarily say celebrate, but I would think that they can 
did a lot of very good things. But then I just hope that they are thinking to themselves, oh, wow, you know, we, 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 could, have, we could have won that. We could have won that. Yeah, the, the, the one thing I say is it's now, it's now three series on the trot that England haven't won. And all three series, it's come down to the batters not, not been able to muster up an, a, enough runs or play the situations correctly. You look at the chase in New Zealand, that second test match where England didn't enforce the follow-on. What were they chasing? 2-8, Jimmy Anderson got out with two required, caught down the leg side, so they couldn't chase 2-8, so the batters didn't quite arrive on that occasion. Uh, you go through those first two test matches in the Ashes, the batters again. Didn't quite read the situation, play the situation. Uh, they didn't win the Ashes because of that. And then here in India, they've had great opportunity. I, I can't, I can't fault the bowling at all. You know, to to go to India and look like you're going to get 20 wickets no. when you've got a spin attack with no experience of never mind international cricket. They've hardly got any experience of playing first class cricket, which is remarkable to think that they've really put this Indian batting lineup under a huge amount of pressure. But it is the batting. You know, until they identify, and if you again, I've mentioned before about you know, it's always the, the point the finger at the bowlers. The bowlers they don't get dropped anymore, but they get rotated. There's been one England batter that's been dropped, and I don't think it was dropped because Alex Lees was was in the team when Baz and Ben took over, but they obviously wanted duck it in. It was like Lees was given to them, whereas they wanted duck it in. So I'm not even saying that's the drop because Lees had not done enough to be dropped. They just wanted duck it in the side. Um, there hasn't been a yeah. batter that's been dropped. And it's the batters that's losing England yeah. test matches and series, yet it's the bowlers that are rotated. <laughs> yeah, and Harry Brook will come back in in the summer, so they will have to get rid of one of the batters. Let's see who it is. But now and again, you've got to have a little bit of a ruthless prod to your side that you're not absolutely set in stone and a part of the furniture. And I just wonder whether this batting lineup is yeah. getting to that yeah. point now that someone needs to be just taken out and the rest of the players know, oh, you can be dropped from this batting unit because so far it's not happened. Yeah, because I can totally see the mentality of you don't want to be one bad performance and you're dropped and there's sort of that constant everybody's on edge. But equally, the opposite could breed complacency. To your point about Bashir, um, sorry, your point about um, bowlers and the lack of experience, it's extraordinary to see that Bashir, this was the first time he got wickets in a fourth innings ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's incredible. It's his first fiver, isn't it? Also, it's his first first class fiver. I think he got his first five yeah. foot. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, what a story that is. I mean, a great selection for a start off. Hartley and Bashir, great selection. I mean, where they've where they've sort of conjured them up from, I'm not quite sure, yeah. uh, but it but it proved to be brilliant. Tom Hartley, absolute revelation. Um, uh, one thing that will have to happen, I think, though, is right. Let's just see how you go when you're playing on slightly flatter wickets. You know, again, you know, in a in a Test match series you know, against yeah. Australia or at home and things like that, do you have the craft and the skills to sort of hold? You know, when the pitch isn't doing things, you know, they did have a, a you know a couple of pitches to bowl, which gave them some encouragement. But I think they did absolutely fantastically, and I don't know necessarily. I, I think if anything, it might have been a good thing. You know, you've just got a clear slate. You've just got a clean slate. Go out there and bowl. Just go out there and bowl. Yeah. It's been bowling. You know, it's doing a little bit. Just go out and enjoy it. But I was, I was delighted the way 
uh, Bashir bowled. He really did impress me. Um, for someone who hasn't done a lot of bowling, you know, the way he used the crease, the way he changes his angles, the way he sort of like bowls different paces, you know, and diff- he's got lots of little sort of tricks in there, lots of subtle little tricks, mm. bowls from that great height, I know. But there's a little bit more to him than that. I thought I thought he bowled brilliantly. And I think say Tom Hartley, I think he did really, really well as well. So they could be sitting on that plane absolutely saying to themselves, I'll tell you something, we nearly beat India. You know, those two boys nearly beat India at yeah. their own game. And that's against the likes of Ashwin, Kuldeep and Jadeja. They ran them close every test match. You know, so they could be sitting there, as you say, getting stuck into the champagne club, yeah. thinking to themselves, well, listen, you know, we did pretty well there. But now it's going to be interesting just to see how they carry that on. Uh, and Brendan McCullen's writing, say, saying about these spinners now need to be playing for the counties and, and, and there's going to be problems, you know. Well, there's problems because you, you, you're starting four-day cricket in April. Let's be honest, it's going to be, it's going to be slightly damp. You know, you've got Jack Leach and Shoei Bashir down at Somerset. You know, you want them both to play. But, you know, the Somerset coach, well, you don't need two spinners in April, which is absolutely right. So there's a, a query there. You've got Tom Hartley and Nathan Lyon at Lancashire. Now, I would suggest that Manchester's quite a wet county uh, <laughs> at the best of times. So <laughs> I can't imagine that two spinners. So, but it's so important that... You know, the game in, in, in the UK understands that we just need to develop these these young spinners more and more and more and and, and getting them bowling as many overs as, as possible in all the different conditions around the county game, which should be perfect for their development. But, um, yeah, two brilliant selections. In particular, you know, Tom Hartley I could kind of get because he's played a little bit for Lanks in white ball cricket and he's been around the traps and he, I get that kind of firing, uh, like Monty Panasar did when England won their... Uh, uh, quite a few years ago, but showed Bashir he was on earth from nowhere. Seven first class matches, he's straight yeah. in without a, a huge amount of numbers behind him uh, in those uh, few first class games. And to to see him now play for England, Luke Wright and, and Rob Key deserve a huge amount of credit for that selection. And you were talking, you were talking about Ollie Robinson's needs bowling. Spinners need bowling. Simple as that. You've got to you've got to learn how to bowl on different wickets. And you've got to bowl. It's as simple as that. You've got to have overs under your belt. You can't just rock up there and sort of... They might... It's going to be interesting, you know. We might not see them again for the next five years, playing for England. Five years? Where are they going? <laughs> I've got a bit harsh there, but you know what I mean? You know, are, are you going to see them bowl? Are you going to see them? They're going to Pakistan in October, surely. <laughs> oh, well, no. But you know what I'm saying, Mike? You know what I mean? You might not... You, you, you might not see them sort of bowl for England. They're not necessarily in there now for good. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, we've got Jack Leach. Yeah, who's number one spin bowler for England now? Who's the first? Yeah, I'm going to say this now. Jack Leach, for me, is still England's number one. There you go. That's what I'm saying. You know, when when, when he's back and he's, and he's fit, I, I still yeah. think Jack Leach is uh, England's best spinner and he'll come back into the side. Yeah, but I mean, uh, on the flip side, there was only... 18 months ago, we were all having conversations about why does the uh, English county system not produce enough spinners? Yeah, but yeah, I'll, 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 I'll counterpunch you there, Ben, and I'll say that I don't think they have produced these two spinners. No. The, 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 the pathway, the pathway programs, and the coaching underneath the first because they haven't played. They've no. either played any first class cricket, so the coaches underneath yeah. the system at first class level and the first class coaches have helped develop. I mean, Shoaib Bashir's had three counties. Yeah. So he's been yeah. fighting his way, trying to get an opportunity. And 
obviously yeah, yeah. someone's seen someone some that uh, involves somewhere tending down to Somerset and Somerset oh we'll take you thank you very much but he's, he's had you know three bites at the cherry um, so you can't say at this stage that it's the first class game that's developed mm. these spinners. It's actually the, the process underneath that, which is the pathway program, yeah, the coaches uh, that have given them this kind of stuff. But I, I still think both of them have got plenty to work on. I think Tom Hartley's action can be a little bit stronger and a little bit better uh, and a bit more consistent. That will bring more consistency uh, with his bowling. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people underneath that we don't know about that do a huge amount of work that deserve a lot of credit for, for the development of those two players. I am delighted to say that our guest today is the former Yorkshire, Nottinghamshire and England bowler, Ryan Sidebottom. How are you? What are you up to at the moment? How are you keeping busy? Pleasure. Good morning. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Um yeah, at the moment, I'm just doing bits and pieces. I'm currently in training to go to Sri Lanka to play a Legends Cricket League next week. I don't know what I'm thinking. The knees are absolutely shot. Um, I'm bowling 10 miles an hour, but um, so I've been doing a little bit of bowling and a little bit of fitness, which I hated fitness when I was playing, so fitness to me is totally alien. Hey, hey, hey Ryan, uh, great to have you on the pod. Um these, Thank you. these legends leagues that they're popping up everywhere. Some, I mean, I, I have to tell you that I, I got a call the other day from someone saying that they're trying to do, um, I think, a week at Edgebaston in July, and and and, and said, yes. "Are you still playing cricket, Mike?" I said, "Absolutely not." <laughs> <laughs> well, allegedly, I'm still playing cricket, but uh, as best as possibly can be. But yeah, I think. What what's what I would say is really great is the fact that you've got all these leagues popping up for your sort of retired international cricketers that <laughs> maybe didn't get as many opportunities, but now can sort of still be in, in the mix and have that adrenaline rush and, and play with and against guys that they, they grew up following or watching or they idolise. So it is really wonderful, uh, and it and it's guys getting together for a week or a couple of weeks to play. Do you know? Do you, do you know who else will be in the side? Right, can be. So for me, you know, it's going to continue, especially as you know now. You know, the world is full of T Twenty comps and shorter formats, which is <laughs> wonderful to to see and to watch. Uh, uh, Ryan Tuffers here, old boy. Nice to see you. Um, you too. Uh, Sri Lanka, yeah, uh, Sri Lanka. Mm. It's very hot. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's not good for my rug, is it, when, when, when it's so hot. But what I will say is I'll come back a couple of storm lights, which I'm quite excited about. Other than that, I'm not that bothered. <laughs> uh, and have you been watching the series? Have you been setting your alarm at four o'clock, get you into the mood? Yeah, it's a bit early doors, isn't it, unfortunately? But yes, I have. I mean, you know, having... Like probably all three of us, you know, you know, Varney and Tuffers get to commentate and, and follow the test series very, very closely. Um, but yes, I'm I'm an avid supporter of England. I'm not an old school cricketer where, oh, you know, they should be doing this and they should be doing that. But I've really been entertained by this, this team. And, you know, it, it's kind of, there was always a worry for me, like many, that test cricket is sort of, fading away a little bit and the shorter comps are taking precedent over everything else um, but with Stokes he's sort of identified that we need to put bums on seats and, and play a bit more attacking and entertaining cricket and set totals and 
it's been wonderful to watch. I've really enjoyed this England team going out there and performing. Um, you've got young guys who are making their debuts and doing well. Um, the back to the hilt, you see they've got that togetherness and that team spirit. So it's wonderful. Of course, we are in results business and I would have loved to see England sort of be the Aussies and, and win the Ashes comfortably, which I thought we could have done. But look, it's great for cricket, isn't it? Everybody's talking about it. everybody. All my mates that don't really follow cricket have all been saying that it's been wonderful to watch England. It was so exciting and the chases and trying to take 10 wickets in a day. It's been wonderful. So I've really enjoyed watching England perform. I really have. And how about the series in India specifically? Do you, th- do you think it's a sort of a, an opportunity lost or do you think it was England did pretty well to be in contention in so many tests? I think it's been great. Look, India is a very, very difficult place to go, isn't it? You know, they're such a strong team at home, home advantage. They, do- I wouldn't say they doctor the wickets, but they make sure that home advantage counts. And with that, you know, it is very difficult for England. But I think they've done themselves proud. Of course, we haven't won. We're 3-1 down. But I think every game's been close and entertaining and Everybody's been talking about can England do it? Can England do it? And I and I feel they've they've done very very well. But you don't want to go down four one. So the next game, the next test is is really crucial that England try and win that one. Sidney, um, you know you make you know absolutely the right points about this uh, new brand of cricket, which has been uh, fantastic to watch. When is it that you start to look at the team and go, okay, we've been entertained now. We know we're going to get entertained. We love watching you, but it is about lifting that trophy at the end of the series. What kind of recommendations do you give them to try and make sure that, you know, in a year and a half time in, in particular, the big one, the Ashes in Australia, they're going to get that little urn in their hands. What what kind of advice would you give them? I, I think for me, when you're on top, you've got to stay, you've got to stay on top. The, there becomes a point where, yes, the style and brand of cricket is great to see. And, and I love that, um, the positivity that within the group and everybody backs everybody. And, and all the talk is about going out there and entertaining. But we are, at the end of the day, in a results business. And, you know, I thought we should have won the Ashes. I really mm. genuinely did. Even take the rain away from the Old Trafford Test match. We should have won that series, hands down, anyway. And and there becomes a point where I think you've got to just be, be be sort of stronger, maybe as a team, as a captain, and go right. We need to. We just need to win. We need to win. Uh, and playing in an Ashes series, I I was never fortunate. You were, Varney, You know, to be on both sides, and it's about winning, isn't it? At the end of the day, and I think if you're on top, you've got to stay on top, regardless of the entertainment side. Um, you've got to win. Just, just, just. I mean, I've got obviously Phil's a bowler as well, and yourself, Siddy. If if you were in a team and you were all playing this expansive way, but in particular in the second innings, you're getting bowled out in 39 overs, 54 overs. So it's actually giving you as bowlers okay. absolutely no rest whatsoever. <laughs> when do you as bowlers just nip into the batting right. unit and go, lads, can you just bat a bit of time, please? Give us a breather. Yeah, I, I mean. I, we we are old school, aren't we, me and Phil? And I I would be I'd be really peed off if if that was the case, especially second innings. I'd be really annoyed. The hair would be flying everywhere. The face would be bright red, and I'd be really frustrated. And and I think if I was a bowling unit, there has to be at some point where you've got to say something to the batters and go, look, lads, you know they are a very talented group. Mm. 
But sometimes you you know Vaughan yourself. You've got to find the balance between attacking and playing Test match cricket, and reading the situation and and what type of situation you're in. And I think getting bowled out, especially second innings for for those low overs, is not ideal for the bowlers. And when you get no rest, the pressure's on you anyway. In any Test match, you're under pressure even more. You know to try and find or eke out a result, which is always very very difficult when your team's not gone on and got you a decent total. And scoreboard pressure doesn't really matter at the end of the day. So yeah, I I, I really believe that sometimes you have to hold your hands up and go, look, we're playing this style of cricket. Everybody wants us to play this style of cricket, but there becomes a point where, you know what, we have to perform, you know, throughout the whole test match and not just one innings or two innings. Yeah. You've got to let your lunch go down. I mean, these boys, I mean, you, you, I mean, I used to like about 10, I used to like 10 <laughs> lamb chops at Lord's. I mean, I'd only be having three. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't have time to go go local shop for a crunchy and a bottle of coke, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Just got to stay in the dressing room. The amount of times I used to see you with the towel on on that physio's bed getting a massage. Uh, You've got even, you don't even have a time for a massage in this team. Oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I used to yeah. I used to have a bath and wash my hair and put conditioner in it and go on the massage bench and. Ch- chat the physios assistant up for a bit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Watch, watch cricket. Watch cricket for two hours, and then I might need to put my boots on. But I mean, now, now I'd have to just you know get che- keep my whites on because you never know. <laughs> Can't even get changed. <laughs> do you, Do you think the England side has suffered a little bit because it's got such an inexperienced bowling attack, especially in this series? Of course, Jimmy's around, but you kind of get the impression he's quite quietly spoken. Do you think it's it's missing a sort of uh, a spokesman, the bowling attack, someone like Stuart Broad, who, you know, would had, have a presence and would get the bowler's feelings felt. I mean, yes, you could you could say that. Yeah, it's probably lacking in, in experience, most definitely. But I think we've alluded to it already, you know, scoreboard pressure and, you know, young lads, when they're under pressure straight away, when they've got such a low, maybe a low total to, you know, to keep to take 10 wickets, it's very, very difficult. So I think they've done themselves proud. You know, young Bashir's ball, beautiful. You've got Rehan Ahmed, who's cut burst onto the scene. Um, it bodes well for, for England, you know, for the future. I think it shows a little bit about county cricket is still quite strong and that we can pick players from county cricket that perform and are in good form to come in and do well and play international cricket. Ryan, just, just, I mean, always the case in a, in a loss, there seems to be a scapegoat. And, and Ollie Robinson has, has been the target of a, a little bit of criticism. Um, he didn't have the best game with the ball. He got a few runs with the bat. As a seam bowler, how hard it, I mean, he's played no cricket. You know, and he, and he looks the kind of bowler to me that he was short of a gallop because he's had no overs. And there are some bowlers, I think there are a few like Mark Wood can just turn up and bowl. You know, he's better for the rest. But, for Ollie Robinson, I look at his style of bowling. It looks to me like he needs two or three games to get into the gallop of Test match cricket. Yeah, I, I, I was um, not disappointed, but I was quite upset by the numerous comments about him, his bowling and him being out of form and sort of not not costing England the Test match. But you know, yes, the Rose is n- number one villain in any team, or mm. someone's disappointed or not performed how they should. 
for me, I think he, you're totally right that, he, you know, you can bowl in the nets all you want. It doesn't matter. You need to play games. You need time in the, in the middle as a batter, as a bowler. You need to get overs under your belt. And just to thrust him in, you know, when he's been carrying drinks and probably doing lots of fitness, to then go in a, a very high-pressure situation, England needing to win, um, you know, to then put the onus on him. Yes, of course, he's, he's playing test cricket, but he needs time. He needs to bowl. Uh, he, he's definitely the type of bowler that needs to get into a rhythm and feel good um, and have the ball in his hand for, for numerous overs to, to feel good about himself and, and get into that sort of skill-based area where he's done so well. I mean, you look at his record, it's fantastic, isn't it? Mm. Mm. I, I would just say to Ollie Robinson, sometimes maybe I'd like to see his body language mm. um, a little bit better. Um, you know, he's playing for England, he's representing his country, he's, you know, he's in a, such a fortunate position, go out there and, you know, play with a smile on your face, give it everything. Um, and sometimes, you know, he looks a bit like he's not a bit disinterested and I kind of understand where people are coming from with that. But he needs to bowl. Like most mm. bowlers, he does need to bowl, definitely. I, I just, I mean, I, I think with Ollie, he, he doesn't help himself. And I'm, I'm delighted you've mentioned his body language because he, he sometimes gives off the impression, I'm sure it's not the case, that he, he doesn't desperately want to be out there. <laughs> and that's just, his, yeah. that's, his, that's his persona. But... I actually look at the the Indians, uh, the England setup, and they had a, a couple of A games in India. I'm, I'm kind of looking at could he have played in, in one or two of those Test matches just to get himself into into kind of match kind of mentality? Because you know it, you mentioned bowling in the nets. I mean, you can bowl the nets, but you'd have to stand in the field for five hours in the nets. You bowl your 20, 30 minutes, oh. and you go in, have a brew, have a massage, have a shower, and away you go. Or, or even in a middle practice, you might do. What you might bowl a spell of five overs, and then you might spend an hour in the field, and then you're always kind of nipping on and off. Whereas when you're in the field all day and bowling, and you've not played for what? When was his last game? Six months ago. It's very, very difficult. Yeah, he's he's immensely tough, and I think also when you're in a net situation, the intensity levels, however much you want to try and replicate that, is never going to be at a test match level. And also, like you say, you have to come back and bowl important, you know, spells and overs at difficult times, and and you don't do that in net sessions. So yeah, I totally agree, and and that's one thing, you know, we've got this. This isn't a criticism to England, but we've got this new regime who are full of positivity. The same could apply to sort of the World Cup as well, couldn't it? You know, they had everybody was playing in tough, difficult series. You know, Australia were playing South Africa, and but we were playing Ireland, and half of our players that were travelling to play in that World Cup weren't even playing in those matches in that series. And then we wonder why we sort of didn't, you know, we we fell fell away quite quickly. And I think the same applies. You know, you've got the A team out there. You know, what is it for? Yes, it is yeah. to bring the next generation through in those conditions. But I think also it has to be, number one, is to win a test series. And if your players haven't had much bowling, chuck them in there. I, I really believe that. And I think sometimes we, we kind of, we're doing great things, but then we don't things we do not do things in the right way mm. or what we all perceive we should be doing. Yeah, I tell you what, it, it does make me chuckle. It's only um, English cricket. And I, I do feel sorry for bowlers at times. And another week that I felt sorry for a bowler in Ollie Robinson that, England can get bowled out for nothing in the second innings where the batters make all the mistakes. And there's a couple of players who have got a pair. Johnny Bairstow's got into 30 and got out again. 
and yet you were blaming a bowler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got a 50 in the first innings, right? He got 58 more runs than Ollie Pope, but we're blaming Ollie Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> I think what it is, the bowlers are not bright enough to understand the complexity of what's just happened. So we just <laughs> it just goes over our, our heads, really. I think that's probably why. Yeah, Middlesex, Middlesex got bowled out, um, I think, by Lancashire. Wazim Akram done us for about, I think it was about 42 or something like that. And I was number 11, and I got ran out for three. And then as all the batters came back in, Gat was said nothing, you know, the batters put the gloves off, sat down and everything. I came back in, and I got the biggest ever bollocking in my life <laughs> for getting run out. I was number 11. <laughs> do you think, um, oh, there's a question for everyone, I guess, but do you think it's, um, Brendan McCullum is obviously very, keen on fostering that sort of uh, the unit mentality and he's keeping them all together is that why he doesn't want to send off players to pay for England A maybe and not giving them the game time because he wants to keep them all together so there's a balance to be struck oh, I, 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 I kind of I would guess that that's maybe the thought but fundamentally um, the one thing that an England cricket team has never struggled with is spirit you, you never struggle with that that dressing room being no. together tight the culture's always spot on it always has been always will be you know, I think it's just sensible to think that, you know, I think it's also management of the different individuals. There are some players that, yeah. you know, can, you know, look at Jimmy Anderson. Jimmy Anderson, you know, he's, he's fit as a fiddle. Um, you know, I think last year in the Ashes series, he was a little bit short of a gallop in those first couple of test matches and it, it kind of came out. Um, whereas this winter, I don't know what he's doing, but he's he certainly looks a lot fitter than I've seen him for a long, long time. He looks uh, back to his best. Whereas you probably know with Ollie Robinson that he's a different kind of person, different kind of character. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just think it's managing the individual. That's what England have done over the, the course of many years is manage individuals really well. Uh, and then obviously the collective of the team always comes together. But I just look at certain bowlers. And you're, you're the same, Ryan. You know, City, you were a bowler that needed bowling. You know, you were never at your finest in your first outing after a while um, being out of the game. You know, and there's certain bowlers that need overs, need game time, and they get better and better the more that they play. And I just think Ollie Robinson's that 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 kind of bowler. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely, and he he probably they probably identified he's kind of a player that um, you might need to put an arm around him and and give him a bit of love. Um, he kind of seems that character. I played, you know, only a handful of games with him at Yorkshire, and you kind of saw the talent, but yeah, he just loses his way a little bit. But yeah, I think he. You know, he just needs to bowl. He generally does. And for me, I would say your fast bowlers, your out-and-out quick bowlers, don't need, they need rest and recovery. Whereas I think your jimmies and your swing bowlers and your guys that are going to bowl overs and overs need overs under the belts, mm. most definitely. Ryan, obviously you were, you were a left-arm seamer and that seems to be one of the areas in which England lacks some talent. Why do you, why do you think that is? Are there the people coming through in the county game or there just aren't the numbers there at the moment? Well, I don't think there's kind of, I think I what I will say in my personal opinion is you've got so much shorter format and T20 cricket now and that's where you would say where the money is really at the end of the day. You know, I, you don't want to talk about the money, but, you know, the guys now, all the left armers, um, you know, that around the county circuit are all travelling the world playing shorter format cricket to get 
younger guys wanting to go out there and bowl 25 overs in difficult conditions and under pressure situations that's maybe why we're missing those type of bowlers yes you have you know Sam Curran still around on the circuit David Willey there was a number of things documented about you know him doing so well and then being in in and out the setup so yeah we have the left armers there's a number around the county circuit but are they knocking on the door for Test cricket? You would say no, definitely not. I, I think one of the I think one of the the main reasons, and, and, and Ryan mentions T Twenty cricket franchise leagues. You know, left arm is such a, a key component to the T Twenty makeup of any side. Now, you, you name me a T Twenty team that doesn't have a left armer. <laughs> There's not many. So the Luke yeah. Woods of this world, David Willis. And can you explain why that is? Is it because a left armer causes so much? Trouble for the for the right-handed batsman. Oh, I, I think many reasons. I think um, obviously they generally swing the ball, and, and with that new white ball, you, you you need the ball to swing, and you're going for wickets. But I think there's there's more of a reason. You can you can cut off certain parts of the ground and, and pretty much bowl balls that you know that that ball can't be right. hit to certain parts of the ground when you're bowling left arm, particularly to right-handed batters. You can take it away from the eye line. You can kind of bowl it wide outside off stump to. Obviously, to, to, to nullify the leg side, you can bowl straight at the stunts, which really means that you're only going to get hit uh, more often than not on the leg side. So you can cover that with uh, the two fielders out in the first six overs. Um, and, and plenty of these left armers have got loads of skill, you know, lots of skill, lots of variation. Um, and it's the angle changes that you need in T20 cricket. So that, that there's not, a, if you can name me a T20 really good side that doesn't have a left armer, uh, I haven't seen many. No, it's kind of a luxury, isn't it? You know, to have, you know, left armour now with the variations that they possess and the variety within any attack now you see, you know, left armers are kind of very key um, and important to teams sort of winning and especially the, the latter overs, which is so important now. You, you generally have a left armour bowling at the death just because of the variation and the angles that they create. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Either or. Do, do, do. Here we go. Headingley or Trent Bridge? Headingley. Ooh, good shout. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, straight in there. Get in there. Straight okay, to it. Duncan Fletcher. Yeah, Duncan Fletcher or Peter Moores? I'd have to, well, Peter Moores. Duncan Fletcher never spoke to me. <laughs> 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 he probably didn't know. He probably didn't know who I was. <laughs> uh, okay then. Right, we've got nicknames here. Oh, this is interesting. One nicknames: Stringfellow or Sexual Chocolate. Oh goodness me! Well, I, I don't wear g-strings, so definitely not Stringfellow. It'd have to be Sexual Chocolate. Coming to America, the band Sexual Chocolate. <laughs> Sexual chocolate. <laughs> that's that's a great name. Lovely. What a nickname that is. Right. Uh, right. Now, biggest achievement: uh, taking seven hundred and sixty-two uh, first-class wickets or winning the T Twenty World Cup in twenty ten. Oh, I, I mean, both great questions. I'm going to have to say the World Cup. You know, to win a World Cup, yeah. it doesn't happen very often. Um, to be part of that team and and to win a global tournament was something really special. And obviously beating Australia in the final, we, you know, we love beating the Aussies, don't we? You know, Vaughan and yourself, it, it's so important to to the nation to beat Australia. 
And a very, and, and a very, very yeah, good. Bad. And Phil, can I just mention, and a very, very good place to win a World Cup, Barbados. Nice celebrations. Oh goodness me! Oh, those rum and cokes. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> you got some crucial wickets in the final as well, didn't you? Yeah, I got one early one, but it's sort of just about setting the tone, and it was kind of to get an early. I think it was first over. Shane Watson first over, so. It was kind of nice to set the tone for the team and get us off to a good start. Did you did you know did you sort of get a feeling that you were going to win that World Cup? Or you know, or or was it sort of like we just take every game as it comes and then then you find yourself in the final? Or did you have that feeling? I think as yeah, tough as that. I think as the tournament went on and we grew in confidence, we kind of realised we we were playing some really good cricket. And I wouldn't say we, we felt we were gonna win the final. But there was definitely an air of confidence mm. and that we believed we were going to win. Um, and I never sort of seen that very much when, during my England yeah. career. But it was, yeah, you could tell that the lads were really up for it and we were confident of going and doing something special that day. We were just looking around and seeing the confidence within the team. Do you, yeah. do you remember, I, I remember, so if you, if you try to name some of the team, Phil, I mean, there was Craig Keyswetter, yeah. Michael Yardy, yes. left-arm underspinners. <laughs> Um, obviously yourself was in there City, Kevin Peterson had a great time of it he was player of the tournament but I think it was around that time it was Stuart Broad and the slow ball bouncers yes they came and, and, and the opposition didn't know how to face these slow ball bouncers with that leg side field on the boundary completely bamboozled them all yeah it was just it, it was all it was like a bit of a magic trick it just we just <laughs> turned up and, and started bowling it and teams were like what on earth is happening here why you know, at first, I'd, I got a few messages from some of my mates and they were like, why are you bowling pies? <laughs> and I was like, I'm not. I'm, I said, I'm generally being told this is what we've got to do. Um, but I think it was it was the analyst. Uh, I can't remember. You have to excuse me. I don't, can't remember his name. But um, he saw him and Collie identified that there was an area between sort of um, chin and chest where the, the scoring rate was very, very low. Um, from bowlers to, to batters, especially during the, the later overs. And we just sort of said, and, and Brody came up with the idea, let's bowl like slower bounces and see if it see if it works. And we didn't bowl that many in the warm-up games, just in case, but we practised really, really hard, um, ready for the tournament. And it, and it just, it really worked for us and we just grew in stature as a team. That's really interesting. So it was a combination of the analyst and 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 Broad working out what how to get the ball into that area. Yeah, and I, and I think also Ben, it was you know Collie had been to the IPL and he'd seen how the, the style of cricket and how attacking the IPL was and entertaining. And and when we sat down, Nadav, we didn't have many team meetings. And Collie said, "Look, we're not going to have loads of meetings. You know, sometimes they're, they're there for the sake of it, and it becomes pointless." He said, "Look, we, you know, we can do something special here. We're going to enjoy being in Barbados. We stick together as a team, and just go out there and play attacking, and let's entertain, you know, our fans who who were there in droves to to come and watch us. And and I think when when your captain sort of says that, it does give you a a sort of self worth and going out there and then enjoying and and trying to entertain and just regardless of the opposition." go out and give it absolutely everything. And, and it was such an amazing tournament, not just for myself, but for the whole team and how we performed as a team. And we can't, I wouldn't say we set a precedent for the cricket now, but it was kind of new, you know, 
coming back home, having the World Cup, a lot of friends were like, that's not the England we've ever been used to watching. You know, entertaining and attacking. And, you know, Collie sort of said to Keyswetter and Lummy, the first six overs, I don't care when you get out. I just want you to hit as many fours and sixes as you can. Uh, and and it's kind of just um, resonated with those two guys. And they just went out and, and, and you saw how they played. They just set the tone for the team. Last one. Um, oh, well, there you go. Dancing on ice or bowling in Pakistan? Um, I would take dancing on ice every <laughs> single day. Nothing against bowling in Pakistan. But it's the hardest place I've ever been to bowl. Oh, goodness me. I mean, the wickets are like concrete. <laughs> the ball does n- absolutely nothing. I mean, I've got a funny, funny story. To can I? I can't swear. Can I? No swear. Yeah, yeah you can. You no, can. It's swear yeah. away. Swear away. We, of course, you can. I was in Pakistan and I was with on an on an air tour, and um, Pakistan were three hundred and twenty for one on day one. <laughs> um, so I decided to go out with with Graham Swan and uh, Simon Jones and and another bowler. And, and on that evening, we decided, tell you what, let's let's all have the hottest curry we possibly can. And then whoever <laughs> himself first in the game the next day has to buy the next round and the next evening meal. So <laughs> I'm running up to bowl and I'm just getting in my delivery stride and out it comes. I didn't even bowl the delivery. I just ran straight off into the dressing room. Got naked and the dressing room attendant basically just holds me down. And, and I, yeah, it, it cost me like 250 quid that night because every, every bugger came out. <laughs> so no, no similar side bets when you were dancing on ice? <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, I, it was, you know, Varney and Tuffers have done, you know, Strictly and... Um, you know the jungle, but it was it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I, honestly, you know, as a cricketer, you're running straight lines, and then to have a partner to lift her on ice to to go different ways and do movements, and it was horrible. Honestly, I used to forget my routine constantly, but it was it was all great fun. Had such a wonderful mm. time, as you know, getting your makeup done and spray tans and massage and oh, yeah. hair done. It was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much. You've been a superb guest. Thank you very much. Cheers. Great to see you all. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're now joined again by our man in India, the Telegraph's chief cricket correspondent, Nick Holt. Nick, where are you, mate? Uh, I'm in Delhi, actually. I uh, arrived today, here for two nights and then um, moving on. I'm going off to Amritsar for two days to see the Golden Temple. So a little bit of culture before going up to uh, Dharamshala. Oh, nice. So you can you can use uh, the week off to, to do a bit of sightseeing? A little bit. It's very rare that actually happens uh, for us. But, um, yeah, this gap, is, it's unusual to have such a long gap without any cricket. So, yeah, a couple of days um, to, to do a couple of things and then off up to uh, Dharmashala by car, actually. I'm looking forward to that from Amritsar. The weather's not looking too good, so um have to dig out the jumpers. Oh, really? Yes. So where are the England team at the moment? Well, they've sort of separated, really, all across India. Uh, quite a large group have gone to Bangalore to play golf, uh, which is a trip organised by Johnny right. Bairstow, I think. Uh, there's a golf course there that they all love, so they've gone there. The non-golfers... Um, and the management have gone to Chandigarh, which is the base that the BCCI have provided for them. Um, and that uh, non-golfing group includes only four players, Show Bashir, Mark Wood, Ben Folks, and Ben Stokes, who has cooled a little bit on golf. Um, he hasn't played much recently, probably because of his knee injury. But uh, So he's gone up there to, to relax for a few days. Were you able to sort of... Uh, gauge the sentiment within the group before they sort of broke up and how they're feeling now that the series is lost? Yeah, they were pretty flat, actually. I think they realised that they should have won that game uh, and it's probably yeah. dawning on them that next week would have been a really special occasion um, to take India to a decider in Dharamshala, one of the most scenic cricket grounds in the world. Would have been um, would have been fantastic for the group. Um yeah, uh, and yesterday we had a chat with Brendan McCullum, and it's the first time really he's sort of admitted that they need to improve in certain areas, particularly the kind of um, seizing the moment which they struggled with in Rajkot and uh, and and obviously in Ranchi. Um, I think they were still a bit shell shocked by. It. I think they were still a bit shocked at the, the the turnaround. I mean, they obviously knew that it could happen that they could end up getting rolled out on a turning pitch by India's spinners, but. Um, I think that they can accept. I think it's the fact that they let slip that big lead that really hurt. Okay, so what was what was McCullum saying? What were the what were the areas that he thinks England need to work on? Well, I think he was saying that they've got a few rough edges still. Um, he thinks they've made great progress as a team in the last eighteen months, and uh, he's right. They have. You know that they they're a much stronger yeah. outfit than they were before. Uh, and it, he talks mainly a, a, about taking that. That those opportunities um, or um, they don't recognise when those moments have come along. Perhaps they were a little yeah. bit the morning of day three. They weren't really on it that morning. 
as India started their second inning seven down, 134 behind. They were a little bit flat. I don't know, perhaps realise the importance of that session. Um, so it's, it's things like that. He didn't really pinpoint individuals. Um, he was asked about the Ashes tour in 18 months' time, and he said, look, you know, we need to, we've got a strong batting lineup. We'll have another 18 months inside them, uh, but we need to identify seam attack and two spinners. So uh, they've got some challenges there over over individuals that they need to pick out and uh, and stick with over the next 18 months. And after the game, Stokes said that England didn't have a chance in hell of competing in India in these conditions. Um, is that a little bit of kidology? Because it sounds like almost the opposite of what McCallum said, that there's, there was a missed opportunity here. Uh, there's a little bit of debate, actually, what actually Ben was referring to there, whether they did, he thought they had a, didn't have a chance or whether it was other people thought they didn't have a chance. Other people who didn't give him a chance, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I do. It was, a, it, it was a little bit unclear, really, what he, what he was referring to there. Um, I, it, it, so it, they, I think they arrived here thinking that if they got to Darmshire and the series still alive, that would have been a real result for them. Um, and they came within five wickets and the final session of day four, the fourth test of managing that. I think what's just going to kick them is that they had chances uh, in each test match, yeah. really, to um, to get over the line. In 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 uh, Vizag, they were going well in the first innings and then got, Crawley got out and Bumra took a couple of wickets. We all know what happened in Rajkot. And then, of course, the the stand yeah. uh, between Jarrell and Kuldeep in the th- in the, on day three. Uh, in uh, in Ranchi's, it's a day three that's a problem. It's that pivotal day, so that suggests that, it's, that in both tests that that was the problem, and that it's it's sustaining it over a period of time. And so, for the fifth test, do we know what they're going to be thinking about? Do you know what the pitch conditions are going to be like? Um, how are they going to change their approach? Well, I think they, it's going to be a tricky one to read because the weather is not very good. It's it's, I just checked, actually, and the weather in St. John's Wood is exactly the same as it will be in Darmshire next week. Um, and I, I doubt if they're going to be thinking St. about cricket at Lords for a while. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's going to be about 10 degrees. Um, and it suggests that the pitch is going to be green, maybe. It may be more of a seamers pitch. They might go with yeah. three seamers. It depends on... Jimmy Anderson's got a tight quad. Um, I think he'd be very keen to play to get that 700th test wicket. Uh, Brendan yesterday said that guaranteed that Bairstow will play and play his 100th test, and Johnny will be very emotional about that. It'll be very different to Ben Stokes, who said it was just a number. Uh, Johnny's planning to have a lot of friends and family <laughs> out there, and it will it will mean an awful lot to him. He'll probably be quite emotional on the day. Um, Gus Atkinson, it'll uh, be interesting to see whether they give him a run. He's been completely anonymous on this trip and barely mentioned um, but you would think with a dead rubber they should perhaps might have a look at him and it'd be interesting to see whether they stick with Ollie Robinson after his uh, should we say different performance in, in the fourth test yeah well Brendan was suggesting that he picked up a bit of an injury when he was batting in the first innings and that he was carrying that through is there any more talk of that that stop him playing yeah, he, he he complained with us that he had a little bit of a sore back after making his fifty in the first innings. But we asked Stokes about this, and he said, "Look, he was fit to bowl. There was no issues. It wasn't wasn't fitness. Wasn't the reason he brought him on on the last day. Um, he blamed conditions, but right. I guess they didn't want him wasting runs bowling no balls. Um, there was something not quite right with him, and and um, that's something that those two are going to have to sit down and decide and talk about." Just finally, what's been the Indian reaction to, to winning the series? Have they uh, taken it as their, um, 
they're just Jews or is there a bit of a sigh of relief? Oh, taking it as they're just Jews and further proof of their invincibility at home. Um, they haven't lost at home for 10 years. So I think uh, that, that, that record has been celebrated by uh, in the media here. And um, I think also there's a real sort of uh, pride uh, amongst the team that new players have emerged in this series. Um, yeah. Next next generation. Yeah, of they've unearthed a couple of absolute gems, haven't they? Absolutely, and uh, the latest is is a keeper, Jarrell, who was who was superb in the second in the fourth test and his second test. Um, they've uh, they've made some bold calls on selection at times. It was a bit of a surprise when they picked him, um, but it paid off. And Jas was obviously player of the series um, and really established himself yeah. top of the order. So yeah, a lot of pride uh, in their record, but also I think they're quite pleased that they're starting to shape a team for the future. Fantastic, Nick. Thank you so much for your time again. No problem. So I've got one last question for you two. Um, obviously, the series is over, or well, the series is won by India, 3-1, but there's one more game to go. Um, you must have been in situations like this, preparing for a fifth test where the series is already decided. What, what's it like preparing for these dead rubbers? What do you have to tell yourself to get up for it? Oh, I, I don't think you have to tell yourself anything. It, it's, it, it's, it's another game. Different era, World Test Match Championship points. You know, so every test match counts towards the test championship. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, a young set of players on both sides, you know, that uh, are kind of making their way in the test match game. When you walk out there uh, in a, if you want to call it a dead rubber, it doesn't feel like a dead rubber no. ever. You know, you're representing your country, you're playing test match mm-hmm. cricket, you know, your numbers are very important individually. You want to win a game. If you win, all right, you're not winning the series as an England perspective, but you're winning a a game against a high-quality team which can help you further down the track. Uh, I think any victory that you can come up against quality teams adds to your kind of culture going forward in series uh, that are coming ahead. So um, you'd love it to be a a 2-2 with one to play and it it makes it more exciting. But um, the dead rubbers are are just never, ever um, even thought about or talked about in a dressing room. It's a huge game. It's a test match and you're representing your country. So... Um, it, one thing I've probably been involved in many I can't really remember off the top of my head which ones but uh, I was always as nervous for every yeah. test match <laughs> I didn't arrive for the last one when they were oh I'm not nervous because it's a dead rubber uh, I had the fame, same jitters the same yeah. nerves for absolutely every single game that I played for England no absolutely yeah same for you, Phil. The 3-2 sounds a lot better than 4-1, right? Um, and they'll be desperate to, to, to win that. Uh, I think they've got a good chance of winning it as well. As Mike was saying, it's another opportunity to play for your country uh, and to uh, you know and to do something. And it's another game of cricket to enjoy and go out there and, and do your best there. And as you just said, I know it sounds obvious, but 4-1 is a walloping. 3-2, all of a sudden, is just yeah. that sort of like, oh, we were unlucky there, you know. you know, Things if things have gone our way and what have you. So there's a lot still on it. Can't wait for it, actually. I think it's going to be a cracker. Right, that's the lot for today. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Phil. And big thanks to Ryan Sidebottom and Nick Holt for joining us too. The three of us will be back next week where we'll be looking forward to the fifth and final test in India. There's also loads of analysis for you over on the Telegraph website, including the latest opinion pieces from Sir Geoffrey Boycott and Michael Moore. And if you've missed any previous episodes, they're all available on the Vaughan and Tuffers Cricket Club feed. 
Lastly, my regular plea for you to check out the Telegraph Cricket newsletter. You can get it in your inbox every Wednesday by signing up at telegraph.co.uk forward slash cricket hyphen nerd. Until next week, goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.